You're listening to Staying in the Game, a Plum Dragon Herbs podcast where we have conversations about mindset and techniques for staying at the top of your game. I'm your host, Janelle Leatherwood. Today's guest will be speaking to us about using yoga to handle trauma and stress in the body. We will also discuss what can happen if trauma is left untreated and why yoga is so great at handling these intense emotions. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today, Rachel. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you could come on our podcast today. And I was wondering if you could introduce yourself to our listeners. All right, um, definitely. So my name is Rachel Gaudio. I am a trauma-informed yoga instructor. I also um, have a background in Chinese medicine, have my master's in traditional Chinese medicine, along with um, a bachelor's in alternative medicine and health science. Wow, that's quite the repertoire there. (laughs) So tell me, how did you get specifically into trauma yoga? Um, So I was an EMT for 17 years working in the field, in the ER, hospitals, um, kind of different things like that. And um, I actually worked with a lot of patients who had been with trauma, whether it was physical or emotional, um, and just really knowing that that was something I wanted to step more into. Um, So I just recently obtained a 60-hour trauma-informed certification um, through Passion Yoga School and BodyWise Institute. Um, I took it in Costa Rica, and um, it just really opened the doors for me in helping people with trauma. Um, I actually have been through the course Mm -hmm. personally and um, before I even took the um, the 60-hour trauma-informed. And um, it was something that mm-hmm. I really felt that could benefit my work uh, more as a yoga instructor. Wow. Yeah. And I love learning about this topic. Can you help define what trauma yoga is for our listeners? Yes, definitely. Um, so with that, I would start more with um, what trauma is. Everybody experiences trauma on a day-to-day basis. Um, and basically, trauma is caused by distress of an experience. So it more started with um, being defined from people who had PTSD from war, Um, but now it's got a madrid of things um, that explain what trauma is. Um, So not only does it happen physically, but emotionally as well, and the whole whole entire body is affected by the trauma. Um, So with that, there is a lot of different things with trauma-informed yoga that we can do. So there's specific breathing types, there's specific um, postures that help with that, um, and a lot of orienting um, people to their surroundings and what they feel. And noticing what they feel is the biggest part about trauma-informed yoga. Mm-hmm. So you've sent me some information and I was reviewing it about how there's the acute and then the chronic trauma. There's transgenerational PTSD, as you mentioned, collective, social, um, all different kinds of trauma. Um, what would you say that some of the biggest differences and similarities are in these types of trauma? So trauma with everything, um, it affects the entire body. Um, to where you have a fight or flight response or a freeze response. It happens in the brainstem or the reptilian brain. Um, So they all have that in common, definitely. Um, And it could be either more subtle or it could be something that's more of a horrific life event. It just depends on what the person has gone through. 
Mm-hmm. And how they responded to it. Correct. Yeah. So there's different coping mechanisms that people have. So a lot of it um, with coping mechanisms would be like possibly overeating or oversleeping. Um, anything that has to do with maybe alcoholism or drugs, they're just numbing themselves. And that's the only way they know how to come to combat that type of trauma. Um, and it's not necessarily an unhealthy way, but it's just the easiest way that people know how to deal with trauma. Okay. And so when you're taking trauma-informed yoga, you're using different techniques to try and create a safe space for these trauma victims. Definitely. Do you want to go over some of those steps? Definitely, definitely. Um, it's definitely a needs to be a safe place for the trauma Um, informed yoga. So with that, with a safe space, it needs to be a place that's enclosed um, and you don't leave the um, windows open and keep them covered. If there's any mirrors, you cover them. And then you make sure wherever the exits are at that the the clients can see them um, and always inform them that you're keeping an eye out. You let them know where the exits are, where the bathrooms are, tell them it's okay to get up and leave if they need to, or if they're uncomfortable. Um, So just really making it a space where they feel safe. And another main part is definitely that they trust you um, who's providing the care and guiding them and um, that the practitioner understands trauma um, and the thought process of it. Mm -hmm. So just to clarify, is it usually in a class setting or do you do like private lessons one-on-one? Um, currently I do more, uh, privates. That's what I specialize in, um, is trauma informed Mm -hmm. yoga with privates. Um, and with that, making sure that the client has, um, a therapist that they're linked up with as well at the same time. It's really important to, if, if you're doing this type of work as a yoga instructor and you are certified as a trauma instructor, that you have, um, the client that's linked up with a therapist in case things come up and they need to talk to somebody. So it's, it's something not to be taken lightly, um, and to make sure that the client has all the resources available that they need. Mm -hmm. Are you typically, um, talking during the yoga sessions or is it just working through different movements? Um, so definitely a lot of talking, a lot of grounding, um, having the, the clients notice what they feel in their body, how their feet are touching the ground, what parts of their body are touching the mat, what they're hearing, what they're smelling, um, just anything that can bring them back to the, the present and staying in the moment is the most important thing. Um, sometimes in in trauma, people can have triggers, especially if you say certain, um, postures, um, come to child's pose or downward dog or anything that has, um, maybe, um, something that could make them uncomfortable, especially if you were to, um, stand behind them or kind of hover over them. You don't want to do that. You want to stay at the front of the room and just, um, talk people how to get into certain, um, positions with that. And, um, definitely just really focusing in on, um, their breathing and how, if they're looking around the room, if they're kind of focusing in and they're kind of blank staring, um, just making sure that you're really focusing in on the individual. That's great. And what would you say has been like some of the most impactful moments in your career so far with this, um, trauma informed yoga? Um, I would definitely say, um, my personal growth and experience, um, I have seen 
a lot of things transformed in my life personally. And, um, to become aware of those things and be able to help people in that sense has been really awakening, um, has filled my heart with more compassion than I've ever had. Um, and definitely seeing people come through the other side of it, knowing that it's possible because I have personally been through it, um, with the trauma informed yoga. Mm-hmm. Are you able to share any of the stories that you've come across as you've helped people? Um, well, I could give you um, some examples, uh, definitely. Um, so with the trauma-informed yoga, um, there have been people who have gone through car accidents, have witnessed um, murders, unfortunately, have um, had the loss of a loved one, maybe have gotten fired from a job, gone through a divorce, Um, those are all situations where the person comes in just utterly destroyed and lost. And then going through an eight week course of trauma informed yoga in a class, or even personally, um, just a one-on-one having an individualized attention and then having other people in the class as well. If it's in a group setting, just seeing how people can open up and relate to, the stories of each other and be able to lean on each other and know that they're not the only ones that they're not the only ones that experienced, um, trauma or abuse or Mm -hmm. neglect or assault or any kind of natural disaster or anything like that. Just knowing that they're not the only one is the thing that I believe that has helped the most, um, with that. And what do you think it, it is, um, that when you combine like physical activity with talking about the problem that it's so effective, like there's obviously a mind body connection going on that, that, you know, therapy itself, um, doesn't have. So can you help explain what that mind body connection is and why it's so effective when you're doing yoga poses Yes, to um, help, um, recover and heal from the trauma? Yes. Um, so basically it's giving that person's power back. So a lot of these situations where there's been assaults or something that they can't control, um, car accidents, natural disasters, anything like that, that has happened to a person, um, really giving people their power back and uplifting them in a way that they have choices, um, to feel the way that they feel in their body, to notice what they're feeling around them. That's the biggest thing is, um, definitely letting people know that they have a choice. And so if they're doing something that you're suggesting, um, and inviting them to do that is not comfortable for them, letting them know that it's okay and they can do what's best for them. And with that, mm-hmm. people gain more self-confidence knowing that they have a choice. And sometimes it takes quite a few sessions um, for people to realize that they do have a choice in their own body and to make a decision about their body and not let somebody else affect them with that. Mm-hmm. And what, like, what's going on in the brain, would you say, like, as you're doing the yoga movements So going from um, one uh, shape to another with that, um, you're really helping people ground down first, noticing what they feel in their feet, noticing um, what muscles they're using, um, also just kind of giving them alignment base and reminding them to breathe um, is a big part of it. Um, So in the mind, there's tons of racing thoughts, definitely with people with trauma and um, it's hard to 
understand the impulses that they may have and they may want to act on, but keeping them focused and grounded in the moment with the postures is a big thing and feeling the breath. Mm-hmm. And so if, if the trauma were to repeat for them, um, they could review in their mind some of the breathing and if possible, maybe even do some of the postures to help get them through another tense or scary moment for them. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Anything that they can do to bring themselves back to the breath and back to their body and back to the present moment. Um, again, breathing, um, deeply, sometimes it can trigger things, but there's also, um, specific breathing they can, they can do. Um, it's called a box breath or even there's a humming sound that is really helpful to help bring people, um, back to their present. Um, also with, um, when you ground down with certain poses, it helps remind you that you're standing, you're here in this, the present moment and, um, you're not in a past event that has happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. I really like that. (laughs) And what if your present moment is tense and scary? If something is happening, is there Mm. some techniques that you could use right then? Yeah, definitely. Um, if you are on, say you're outside and you're on solid ground, I suggest taking your shoes off and feeling what you feel beneath um, your feet, whether it's sand or the grass or maybe some gravel or even the concrete, just something to ground down with that is a really great way to do it. Um, another great thing to do is start um, actually do some squats. It actually helps bring mm-hmm. you into to the present moment as well as long also with um you could start drinking water um and there's another thing that i like to recommend as well is go ahead and focus on five different objects in front of you whether it's a chair a table um if you're driving maybe are pulled off to the side of the road you're looking at the pavement the car in front of you looking at the trees the birds the flowers and then pick five things um, that you can touch so whether it's your hair, the, the steering wheel in front of you, the couch to you, a, um, a tree, the grass, whatever you can get your hands on with that. And then maybe um, if you have any essential oils um, with you, is to just kind of smell something as well. Um, and if you're at home, mm-hmm. you can go into your spice cupboard, smell some spices, um, run your hand under the water. Um, just smelling different things will help bring you back to the present moment as well. Mm. I love um, smelling different essential oils like orange or um, lemon. That always mm-hmm. brings me a feeling of like comfort and joy. Yeah, I like Definitely. that. <laughs> so I was wondering if you could just kind of go over what will happen if you leave trauma untreated. So if you leave trauma untreated, it's going to build up over time. And whether or not you know that or not, it will come out at some point. Um, so coming out could be a variety of things. It could be getting into a huge argument with your spouse, your parent, your children, somebody at work where you just automatically lose it and you can't handle anymore. Um, it could also have some negative effects where you're over-drinking, overeating, um, just not dealing with the things that have happened in the past. And it's a very scary place to be not knowing what's going on and you're just getting angry or you're drinking too much or 
you know, you're just eating a lot as well. You, you can't figure out what's going on. And I think the moment where you realize that, oh, hey, wait, I, am I drinking too much? Or, oh my goodness, I think I'm, I'm coming off the wrong way or I'm starting to yell a lot and I can't figure out why. Just having that brief moment of I, I, why am I doing this is the first realization and the first step to dealing with things that have happened in the past and traumas that have set into the body. And they can mm. um, be used um, wonderfully once you have that aha moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, help me define what it means to when trauma has set into the body. What do you mean by that? So when trauma has not been dealt with, where there hasn't been a reaction, where it's been able to to release itself, um, mm-hmm. with that, what I mean is um, there's an example that one of my teachers um, had given us example why we we're in the course is about a deer who's in a field and it begins to um, twitch because it hears something and its ears kind of go off behind it and it's looking for something but then realizes that it's nothing so it basically shakes it off and moves on. So the deer has a capability of doing that but a lot of times in our life um, we don't have that um, kind of detachment or um, that, that availability to twitch and shake it off. Um, so unfortunately it comes to more of like a, um, a shell shock and we're not listening to our, our higher instincts with that, uh, and being able to kind of bring that information off of our body. We just end up basically bottling it up and it comes off in another point in time where we mobilize it. Um, and then hopefully we can um, begin to kind of thaw those feelings, um, the intense feelings and sensation afterwards. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's kind of like just brewing inside of us when we don't take care of it, when we don't release it. Correct. Correct. It does and, brew. And there's, <laughs> yeah. And there's probably a huge connection with, you know, inflammatory diseases or you know, you mentioned people overeating or drinking, but I'm guessing that a lot of times when people have unexplained illnesses or autoimmune disorders, you know, a lot of that is probably caused by trauma and stress that's accumulated and build up in the body. I agree with you with that. Yeah, definitely. It's the, the body definitely keeps the score. And there's a book by, um, Peter Levine, um, called Waking the Tiger, um, that's also very helpful with understanding trauma. Um, but the body does keep the scores in the body. There's also a book, um, that's actually called that. And what happens is you're going to come up with all of a sudden ailments where you have a lot of low back pain or your whole body hurts, or you're just getting these headaches and you can't understand why. And it's because you're holding on to that, that trauma or that stress, and it's going to come out in your body in some way, whether it's in the form of a rash Mm -hmm. or hives or, um, you know, even high cholesterol or high blood pressure, anything like that are, it's your body keeping the score of that and holding on to that because, um, not being able to release it. And don't get me wrong. There's definitely genetics involved, um, in some of those types of illnesses that do come up. So I'm definitely not saying that that's the only reason why that people get, um, these types of disease, but I do believe a lot of it has to do with trauma, um, and anger and just unresolved issues from even the childhood. 
um, not only as adults mm-hmm. or even in, you know, adolescence, but things that have happened a lot younger and you just kind of bring it with you into your everyday life, into your relationships, into your workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I think that's really interesting. I've I've had people warn me over the years, you know, oh, you need to take time to relax. I used to be like you running around all the time and, and I was forced to settle down because of something or other that happened to them. So, you know, I'm always kind of in the back of my mind thinking it's not good to just run faster than you have strength all the time. And well, you tell me this, like, do people come to trauma yoga for if they're just, like you said, maybe dealing with not one instance of pain or um, something very traumatic, but just a lifetime of highly stressful situations? Definitely. Um, I believe that people come to yoga when they're ready. Um, the same mm-hmm. thing I believe with um, acupuncture and Chinese medicine. It's it's always the case you hear from uh, clients and patients that, oh, I've tried everything else. I've tried everything else. So I, I figure that I've just tried this. And it's so funny because it's, you know, after being in this field for so long, um, you realize that, you know, this should be the first step, you know, <laughs> and moving mm-hmm. forward and trying to make that mind-body connection and really treat the body as a whole and not an individual, you know, even though your your arm may hurt, it's not necessarily just your arm, you know, it could be something that you've been holding for quite a while um, that ends up coming out in the end. And, you know, your body will definitely let you know when it's time to slow down, whether it's, um, you, um, breaking some, um, part of your body, whether it's a bone or maybe you get extremely ill, um, your body will let you know when it's time to stop and slow down and take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas it's, you know, so easy for people to pop a pill and, Oh, I'll just, you know, mm-hmm. remove the pain as quickly as possible, thinking that they're removing the pain, but mm-hmm. really they're they're just masking the pain. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Yeah, it's unfortunate um, that we have um, a society that we do where people want to just pop a pill. And I was uh, I was pre med. I was on the track to to kind of go that route, and I really realized that I just wanted to help people in a different way. I wanted to help people in the whole sense. Um, with their entire body um, and everything that's happened with them. It's not just what's happening now at the age of, you know, 55 or at the age of 20. It's, you know, what has happened before them that has led to this point. Popping a pill isn't going to work. And what really needs to happen is peeling the layers of the onion back to really get to the center and the root of the problem. Mm Mm-hmm. What are some of the most gratifying stories that you have seen with people who have undergone trauma yoga? Um, the release of what no longer serves them, things that have been bottling up, and maybe it's something they've never shared with anybody before, and being in that type of setting where you feel safe and the environment is safe and you trust the person and being able to come out and, you know, Hey, this is what happened to me. And I've never been able to say this, but now I feel safe. And now I can say that. And just getting to recognize that and say it in front of, you know, a group of other people, or if it's just with the instructor, it's a first step to realizing that what they've held on to for all these years doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It just means that they're having an awakening and noticing and being able to be there for people who have that moment of clarity and start to understand things and why things have happened in their life up until this point, why they have and the way they've reacted 
is the most honoring and beautiful thing I've ever gotten to experience. Mm -hmm. Now, when you went through the trauma program yourself, were you initially thinking you were doing it to become an instructor or was it something you tried and then you're like, I need to share this with other people? Um, no, it was definitely something, um, I went into it for my personal reasons. My therapist at the time had suggested it and probably about six months before that I had started to look at, um, trauma informed yoga and trying to figure out where I could take it. So I kind of put that on the back burner. And then when she mentioned that, um, to me, um, she thought it would be a really good thing for me since I was a, an instructor and I would um, definitely get a lot out of it. Um, that's, I, it was hard to sometimes turn my instructor brain off, but I was really there for myself and to heal myself and to move forward through some things. Um, so I definitely looked at it every once in a while from an instructor point of view, but definitely I was there to do the work. And then as soon as I got done, I was definitely, this is what I want to do. And this is how I want to help, um, um, serve other people is to be able to, um, be there for them going through, um, trauma and situations where it's just hard to handle on your own. Because I, I did that for years where I tried to handle my trauma on my own and thinking like, Oh, I didn't need a therapist or, Oh, I don't need help from another practitioner or anything like that. That's, I don't need to do that. I can do it on my own. But in fact, um, I think that's what we're here on this earth to do is to serve other people and help them through the next chapter of their life because we all need somebody. Um, it's hard to go through life alone. Yeah, absolutely true. So how did it change your mindset? Like how, how did you handle problems before and how would you tackle them now that you have been trained in this trauma yoga? Um, so before, like in my personal life? Yeah. Um, so I would say in my, in my personal life, um, I did a lot of things that may not have been the most healthiest for me. I was definitely, you know, very active. Um, but the way of dealing with, uh, the trauma was not in, um, I would say the greatest way. And then, um, I found yoga at a young age, which really helped me, um, probably about 16 years ago. And that really started to help open the doors. And then I started to go to, um, I switched my, um, outlook from pre-med to uh, Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese medicine. And that started opening up a lot more doors and realizing um, just the, the wonderful outlets that I had with acupuncture and yoga and how they changed my life. And the way I deal with things now is a completely different way than when I dealt with them, say, even seven years ago. Um, the amount of personal growth that I've done um, with therapy and um, trauma-informed yoga and acupuncture has um, definitely changed my life completely. I also meditate daily. Um, that definitely helps calm the mind and um, bring you back into the present moment where you're noticing things instead of constantly reaching back into the past and bringing them into the present moment because what's happened in the past is in the past and there's nothing you can do to change it. But from what you do from, you know, the present moment forward is the only thing that you have control over. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of the health practices that you, you know, routinely do every day to stay healthy mentally and physically? Um, so what I like to do is uh, definitely uh, yoga, of course. Um, that really helps me keep grounded um, in my body-mind connection 
um, and meditation. I like to go for walks outside in nature. Um, and those are the things that really help keep me grounded. Um, definitely, uh, breathing as much as I can stopping and taking three deep breaths is what I tell everyone let's just stop and take three breaths because that's exactly what you need just to kind of set your baseline you know back to a balance to help you calm your mind or um, anything where your mind has just kind of gone out of a you know situation you're kind of going backwards instead of forwards so those are the things that I like to focus on and what would you say, like, is there a certain way you eat or things that you drink throughout your day to help you stay hydrated or feeling good? Um, yes. So I'm actually now vegan and gluten-free, and uh, that's something I never thought that I would actually do. I didn't eat a lot of meat before, um, but definitely I had uh, some gluten, and that has actually helped me balance um my hormones more than anything, which is a big, um, key factor and, um, trauma as well as just being able to balance everything in the body, um, and drink lots of water. I drink tea. Um, so those are the things that I would definitely recommend the way that I feel, um, now versus how I felt probably three months ago is completely different. Oh, wow. And and you said you just started, um, doing gluten-free and vegan a few months ago. Yes, uh, about three months ago. <laughs> okay. Well, that's really and, remarkable. That's great. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of reading labels uh, more than I used to. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and probably cooking a lot more of your own food. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Be more Def- conscientious. Yeah. Definitely. Um, how much time do you spend doing yoga every day? Um, so, Yoga, I do every single day. The asana or the postures, I also do. Um, So it kind of, I always listen to what my body needs and how I'm feeling that day. So sometimes I do Mm -hmm. 10 minutes, sometimes I do two hours. It just depends on um, my whole overall well-being for the day. And even if Mm-hmm. you sit down and stretch for 10 minutes, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Or say you just do some sun salutations that are simple. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. So the asana practice I do, um, every day and the yoga as well. It's a whole lifestyle with that. And so somebody who wants to start doing it, but doesn't have, well, thinks they don't have enough time. They can start with, a small amount, 10 minutes, and they can work themselves up to two hours or something a day. Correct. Correct. And I always say that it doesn't matter um, what you wear. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a yoga person. You don't have to be a religious person. You don't have to be anything that's spiritual. Yoga is for everyone and for everybody and for everybody type. It's just not it's not just for certain people. Um, so it's for anyone, even if they don't think they're flexible, it's just taking the time to sit down and notice what you're feeling in your body and what you may need to, um, work out. So say you have tight legs in the back, maybe just sitting down and and trying to reach for your knees or your shins, or maybe even your toes, just to kind of release that, that tight buildup in the backs of your legs. And then taking the time to Mm -hmm. breathe. Um, There's lots of great things online or even there's, I'm sure there's studios um, to look into as well. And um, I think that would be definitely the first, one of the first steps. Recognizing that you'd like to start something different is the first step for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And let's see, with your background in Chinese medicine and herbs, um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. And also, before I get into that, so like with um, our company, Plum Dragon, um, we offer a product called Flexibility Liniment, and mm-hmm. also we have a Flexibility Tea. And so, like, for example, you mentioned, you know, some people think, oh, I don't know if I could do yoga because I'm not flexible. You know, we would recommend maybe using this liniment to help ease into the moves and stuff. Have you used um, different herbs in your practice to help with flexibility or what have you done as far as Chinese medicine? So for Chinese medicine, um, I would I would more uh, talk about the things where I've injured myself where I've <laughs> used Chinese herbs before. Um, I used a formula, which I believe you carry on your side as well, Dao Jiao. And I've used that in situations where I had an injury with my knee, actually. And it actually put me out of work for quite a while when I was working in a hospital. And I put the herbs on my leg. And the next day, it felt remarkably better. I still couldn't walk, but it felt a ton different from you right after when I had had the initial trauma of my, you know, hurting my knee. And then afterwards, the next mm-hmm. day, just the pain and the swelling were a lot less uh, because of using that formula. Yeah, it's amazing. Like I said, you know, people don't necessarily need to pop a pain pill because, mm-hmm. you know, rather than just masking the pain and the symptoms, you can get your body to heal itself. And that's what I love about Chinese medicine. So your, um, what type of training did you do um, in Chinese medicine? You graduated from the East-West College of Natural Medicine? Yes, I did. Um, so that was a four years um, traditional Chinese uh, medicine school. Um, we also, I also um, did an internship in um, a health and rehabilitation center. Um, so people who had traumatic brain injuries, strokes, um, amputations, uh, after surgeries. And then I also worked uh, with a fertility specialist for three years. Um, so with that training over those um, four years, I gained a lot of knowledge um, in those fields um, with the um, fertility and the um, rehabilitation side of acupuncture. And so that is probably what led you into yoga? Yes, it was. Um, I actually started yoga before then. Um, so I graduated, I believe, um, how many years ago now? <laughs> I keep trying to remember. <laughs> um, five years ago with that. Um, and I had done yoga for 11 years prior to that. But definitely um, moving more into a whole body experience was why I went into acupuncture and Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. Do you think you could ever go back into being an EMT or has your you know mindset shifted too much about med, um, Eastern versus Western medical practices? Um, so with that, I actually finally decided to leave it in May. I had tried a few years prior, um, but the thing is with um, being an EMT or being in the medical field, you know, you can always get a job. Um, no matter where you go, whether it's in a hospital or, you know, with a county. Um, so I ended up going back to that a few years ago when I said I was done and I was going to focus on my yoga and acupuncture. 
And um, now I made the final decision this this past May. It's almost been a year now um, to leave and really put forward um, my yoga career with that because it's something that I'm truly passionate about. And I was very passionate about um, helping others. Um, but it just was, I was on the route to burnout. I'd already been burnt out before and just got back into the same thing over and over again. And I lost sight of acupuncture and the natural Mm -hmm. healing modalities. And I got away from, you know, not necessarily yoga the entire time, but really just kind of starting to lose myself and go back into that nonstop, um, life, in the medical field, which is, which is beautiful. But at the same time, if you don't take care of yourself, you definitely can't take care of other people. And for me, my passion has shifted from being an EMT, um, into being a yoga instructor who helps, uh, serve people through trauma informed yoga. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's an amazing background to have as a yoga <laughs> instructor in trauma. And are you, um, you okay if listeners have questions or they can send you an email? We can maybe post um, a way to contact you on our show notes. Definitely. Yeah, I would love that. And what um, final advice would you have for anybody who's contemplating? Is this the right thing for me? Should I get into this type of yoga or what would you, what, what are some of the deciding factors that um, you could help someone sift through? Um, I would say the deciding factors is, um, knowing that healing is all about putting the personal pieces of your mind and your heart and your soul back together and not wanting to take pieces of that out in order to move forward. So if you've, if you've come to that conclusion, like, oh, I want to do this and definitely I say, go forward with it and and know that you're making the right decision and definitely trust your instincts. And the first thing that comes to mind, whether it's yoga or acupuncture um, or any other type of modality that you feel best for you, that you go with it because there's a reason why your body and your mind are telling you, I need to try this. Yeah. If you're wondering or questioning if it's right, it probably is. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today, and I really appreciate your time. I'm so glad that we could share with our listeners about this really important topic so that people realize that they don't just have to live with the trauma and the effects of pain that's happened in their life. They can take care of it. Thank you. I agree. And thank you so much for your time and for reaching out. And it was, it was truly a pleasure. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to visit us at plumdragonherbs.com where we will post show notes, a transcript, and ways to connect with Rachel. And if you liked the show, please subscribe to our podcast on YouTube and iTunes and leave us a comment. Some of you have done this and we've really appreciated it. We hope to see our podcast following continue to grow and we can't do it without your help. Until next time.